You are listening to the Power and Pros Podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You are tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros podcast. Your girl is feeling good this week. I had a great, 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 great um, therapy session last week. And I just love those moments of like, okay, I'm on the right path or I'm starting to get a light bulb is turning on, child. And you'll be needing those moments because sometimes we wake up and you don't have a sign or you don't know what the next step is and just have to keep walking. And last week, I figured out some of my walk-in is makes sense. So I'm feeling really good after that. And if you're watching your girl on YouTube, then you know that I cut my hair. Um, I have been, I've had short hair for the past two years, but I've had like a mushroom cut. Then I grew it out. I had a little bob, but I've been relaxed for the past two years. I guess more than that, like three And so I want to play with color a little bit. As y'all can see, it's a little brown and I'm back natural. And so that has me feeling good. It's a little, takes a little getting used to. I just had them braids, honey. And before then, um, I'll play with weave a little bit in September. That was a while ago. So I've been trying things with my hair and playing with color really, really, really feels good this time around because it is new. It's just something new and fresh and funky and it fits me, you know? I mean, I can't wait till my hair grows out, to be clear, but this short hair does fit me and so I'm feeling pretty good in the hood with that. But I wanted to come on this week and talk about how to run with endurance Like I said, I've been trying to figure that out. Like, yo, what the freak am I doing? And how long am I going to have to do it? Like, that is really the posture that I have, right? And I'm asking God, like, yo, what are you doing? And how long is it going to take before I see what you told me I was going to see? Like, where, where is the miracle at? And so what I'm learning is that I'm figuring out how to run with endurance right now. In this season, in this moment, that's what I'm figuring out. And the steps are really simple, but if we don't remember what the steps are, it seems like we are just wandering. And we see so many examples of that in the Bible of people just, they walk in and they forget what the mission is. And once you forget what you're walking for, who is setting the pace of your walk, you start to do anything. You allow anybody to tell you what's tea. You go to any town, you start fooling with any type of people. And it really just sets you up for demise because you forgot what the initial mission was and that everything that you encounter is in line with the the outcome of that mission, which is ultimately good according to Roman Sunny. So I want to dive into that. But of course, as always, we're going to get into the pros prompts of the week and then we'll get into it. All right. So the pros prompt this week is to write what you want the Lord to do, period. Write what you want God to do. I was reading in Mark 10 on Saturday and In Mark 10, like I read the whole chapter, there are two different instances where we see Jesus, he's talking first to the disciples and then later he's talking to a blind man. He asks both sets of people, what do you want me to do for you? 
He asked both of them, what do you want me to do for you? And when the disciples had asked, it was two disciples specifically. They walked up to him and they're like, yo, I want you to do this thing. And he responded to them, but he responded in a certain way because what they were asking, it was self-serving. It was trying to make them special disciples out of all the other disciples. And it really didn't take into account Jesus for real. It was using him for clout. It's like, oh, well, you the one, make me the two, period, right? Where the blind man, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he was like, babe, I just want to see. Like, I just, he had a humble spirit. He called on the Lord. He couldn't see, right? But he heard that Jesus was by and he kept calling out to him. And eventually Jesus invited him into his face and then asked, what do you want me to do for you? And the man had an answer. And the answer gave God glory. It gave Jesus um, permission to do something extraordinary in his life that could help the people that were around see that Jesus, this ain't no play play. Like this is the real deal. Like I'm the savior. Right. And so he asked either way though. And he answered both of them. The answer was different. The answer was based on their heart posture where they were at, but Jesus answered. And a lot of times we do not ask because we're worried about if we're going to get an answer at all. Sometimes if we being real and other times we're scared of what the answer is. And even though the disciples that were asking like, yo, make me the number two, I want to be as dope as you are. They were out of pocket. They weren't recognizing that Jesus is on a different wavelength than them. They weren't um, being humble in the fact that they make mistakes and the fact that they're, they're humanity, right? They ignored all of that. But even in knowing that, Jesus answered them. He didn't play them. He didn't shake them to the left. He met them where they were at. And with the blind man, he did the same thing. And so where we are right now, what we're looking for, what we're hoping for with the attitude that we have, maybe the full of grace that we have. And we're like, I should just sit in my grace and not ask for anything else. Jesus responds when we ask. And that's why he tells us to ask because he's like, I got you. What you need? I got you. What do you want me to do for you? And what I don't want to happen and what I'm trying to make sure doesn't happen in every sphere of my life is just ask me and I'm like, uh, well, no, nah, I want to answer. Like if you're going to come through, if you're on my street, you're on my block. I want to have an answer exactly, like pinpoint. Okay, well, if you do this here and you do this here, now we cooking, you know? And I think that's a that's an unlock for all of us. When we know what we want, when we bear it before him, then we start to get the signs that we're even looking for because we know what we are looking for. So when you know what you're looking for, and things start to affirm, you start to get signs, you start to get wonders, you start to get a word, a reminder, a affirmation that, yo, this is popping off, you're on the right path, you're in the right direction, you're connected with the right people, you on the right YouTube page, all of that, it starts to set everything in motion. But when you have no idea, and you're just walking around, you hoping you get a blessing, you know you don't like how you feel right now, but you don't know really what would make it better, and those feelings are valid, and those times are real. But I think it'll really be helpful for us to write out what do we want? Because there's going to be a time on our walk where the Lord's going to ask us what you want. And I don't know about y'all, I want to have an answer. <laughs> so the prose prompt for today is write down what do you want Jesus to do for you? 
So when it comes to running your race with endurance, the first, 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 first thing that we have to do is know what you're running. What are you running, babe? You have to get some awareness. Some of us can't run our race because we don't have an awareness about what our race even is. What is the mark? What are we moving towards? What are we going after? And you have to reflect on where you are. So you have an idea of where you're trying to go. If you don't know what's beautiful, is that you can ask. God doesn't want us to be confused. He doesn't want us to not be aware. He doesn't want us to lack wisdom, to lack knowledge, to lack an understanding. He wants us to have an awareness. Where we get caught up is we will not ever know as much as God knows. And so I think because of that, which happened in the garden, please note, people, including me, want the whole scope. I want to know everything from the top to the bottom, from the root to the two. You need to tell me everything that's going on so I can get prepared. When I don't feel like I have context, and it's, oh my gosh, at work, when I don't have context for something, I low-key, I get upset. And I'm like, okay, y'all are setting me up for failure because how am I supposed to lead this project if I don't know what the client expects, where, where the creatives are right now? Like I start to think about all of these things. When... In every situation, I don't need to know every piece of background. I can just kind of move forward in the knowledge that I have and things will work out as they should. I don't like to accept that though, if we're being real. And so I do what I can to get context. I have meetings. I will set some stuff up. I will get background, look at old documents, everything, because I like to have context. When I first started watching Real Housewives, y'all know I'm on my Real Housewives thing. I could have started. People were like, oh, you can start a season, whatever. You don't have to start at the beginning. Babe, I went to season one, episode one. I want to know who is married to who, who had problems here, who did this one event and somebody didn't show up, but they showed up late and there was a beef. Like, I want to know everything. So then when I'm current and I'm up to speed, I have all the background. I have all the knowledge and I can make my own decision about who I like, who I don't like, who is right in the situation, who is wrong in the situation. That's what I like to do, right? The thing about God is when it comes to our life, when it comes to our plans, when it comes to our race, he knows the turns, he knows the hills, he knows the battles, he knows the points of our race when it's going to rain on us and our shoes are going to slip a little bit more as we're trying to go where we need to go. He knows the times where we're going to pant a little heavier because we are tired and we're going to have to depend on him a little bit more. He knows when we're going to need a water break, all of that as we're running our race. And what will happen, and we see examples of this in the Bible, what happens is he doesn't share the full story of the race, the entire course of your life. You don't know every obstacle. You don't know every battle that you face. You have no idea of what that is because we will get scared. You know how much stuff we won't do if we knew all the things we would have to do? We wouldn't do nothing because we'd be so intimidated. We'd be so like, this for somebody, but it ain't for me. That's how we would be. And that is exactly why we don't get everything. There are some pieces of our journey that we're going to be so prepared for because of something that we're going through right now. But because we don't understand that, if we would just hear the thing that's going to come later, we'd be like, I'm not ready for that. And God's like, I know. That's why you're not there yet. And so we know in part because we believe in part, like we operate in part. And as our faith grows, as our endurance grows, then the more that we know grows. So understanding the moment that you're in right now. What are you being asked to do right now? What do you need to complete that task right now? 
that is what we're lifting up. That's what we're asking for. Because once we know that, he's like, okay, you in this moment with me, you rocking with me. We here, we here, we here. And he gives you what you need. And as you get what you need, you get more confidence, you get more wisdom, you get to impart your knowledge onto other people. And then you continue to walk that thing out. The more that you walk it out, the more that you're getting, the more knowledge you're getting. And as you continue on that path, you look up and you've journeyed miles beyond where you were when you first started and your faith builds. As your faith builds and you get new ideas, people speak certain things, you see something and you're like, oh, I could do I could do that too. Or I could do X, Y, Z and put my spin on it. You actually believe that you can do it because you've done so much already. And so that is the space that the Lord is trying to get us to. But you have to know your race. You have to know what you're in right now. You have to know what you're marching toward. It is so important, like this moment. And the knowledge that we have is enough. It's enough to push us forward. It's enough to move and start to orchestrate some things and put some things in place and to partner with God. So getting awareness about the race that you're running. If you're trying to buy property, read up on it. If you are going into a new field, talk to somebody who's been in the field before. This is a season where you gain knowledge. You can gain it from other people and you can gain it from God. Now, the next step to running our race with endurance is to know that it'll hurt, period. This messed me up. I got reminded in a sermon that I watched last week that we are not, as believers on this earth, um, guaranteed a moment of no issues. (laughs) We're not guaranteed to not experience strife or hurts or judgment, or setbacks, insecurity. We're not guaranteed that. What we're guaranteed is that we have a Savior who has overcome in spite of the issues that we'll face, that we have victory no matter what obstacle stands in our way. That's what we're guaranteed. And it can be hard to remember that. Because, listen, if you're on a journey to following God, to trying to do away with things that you know aren't helpful for you, your community, your family, if you are, you know what I'm saying, you're starting to learn more things about God, about following him, about um, yourself and the habits that you have when you're trying to induct new habits. Maybe this writing thing is new for you. And so every time I do a prose prompt, you're like... I'm going to try, but I don't know, right? You're on a journey for that. You start to, you could start to feel old something. There have been times where I'm like, yo, I know who I used to be. (laughs) And I'm doing my best to not be that girl, okay? To not curse people out, to not be rude as hell, to not be yada, yada. Like I'm doing my destiny best to be the best destiny that I can be. I start to feel like you need to be on my block with the blessings. Not blocking them, but bring them to me. Like, where are they at? I should be sitting in abundance after abundance after abundance, according to me, because I know how hard it is. I know how much I have to fight to not be that old Jenny from the block, okay? And so we can start to feel that way. And what happens is when we do that, We're ignoring that there are pieces of our journey that are just going to hurt. There are going to be times when we don't get what we want. When we ask and we don't 
receive, when there's not an immediate drop down or download from God as we're walking things out. What's dangerous when we forget that pieces of our journey will hurt is we start to blame God for it. We start to question him like, oh, now nah, 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 I got some pain. Now nah, you you doing me dead wrong. Like I'm going to have to go and do something on my own because you don't have my back. And that isn't how this journey is. It's just not how we even show up in the world because we're in the world, right? We are amongst believers and unbelievers all day long. The reason why we're different is because we can experience some of the same things. We was in the same pandemic that those who don't believe in God were in. What sustained us is our faith. That's the difference. You go through trials so that God gets glory through your life and it ends up working out for your good, which means there are going to be some points where it's going to hurt. Y'all know I did my 5K. Y'all know I've been running. I ran yesterday. And listen, I was like, oh, like this is taking a, a little wind out your girl, okay? I took like uh, two weeks off from running. So when I ran yesterday... I had to put in a little bit of effort, but when I did it, it worked out. I felt good, and I, the rest of my day was just beautiful. I had a great day yesterday, but I had to psych myself up in that moment. Like before I started, I was putting on my, my shoes, I was leaving my house, and I was like, "This might hurt. It, it might hurt, and you're gonna have to push." through. And so what I did as I was preparing for that is I started to think about, okay, how can we modify certain things so that you are prepared? You're in the mindset that it's going to hurt. And so I started thinking about like the water I would have when I got done running. If I had to modify how long, I thought I was going to run three miles. I did like 2.6 instead, because if I would have went longer, I don't know if my body could take that. I made sure that I stretched before I ran and so that my, my muscles were loose, right? And so think about that. Think about your life, your journey that you're on and what is you stretching in your race? What is the water break that you're going to need? What are the modifications of like, yo, I might not be able to go this far at this time, but how far can I go? What can I push? Those moments is what helps us. That's how you run with endurance. It's being aware of the race that you're running, right? I know that I hadn't ran in two weeks. And so I I was aware of where I was in that moment where there are times when I've been running like every day and I've gone further than I thought. I thought I was going to do two miles. One day I thought I was going to do two miles. I ended up doing 4.5. What? That's double what I thought. But I was in a different moment. If I would have expected 4.5 yesterday, please, like it just wouldn't have happened because I wasn't there in that moment. And so when we know where we are, it helps us to know not only, yo, it'll hurt, but what will hurt? How can I move through and roll with that to get to the next thing? Okay. And what we do sometimes when we have an awareness, because some of us ain't ignorant to the fact that it's going to hurt. There are going to be some things that happen to us that are just less than pleasurable. And what we do is sometimes we stay in planning mode because we don't have a foolproof plan of how to avoid problems. And so since we can't figure out how to avoid issues, how to avoid hurt, we isolate ourselves. We don't talk to people. We don't go for our goals because I don't want to experience me making a post and it don't get hella views or hella new followers, right? And what happens is 
we just avoid things in our life. We don't go after things. We don't um, get new challenges. We don't meet new people. And it doesn't require faith to do that. It doesn't require faith to say, I can't avoid all these things. I'm just not going to do anything at all. And it causes us to be stuck. Because if I'm, if I'm waiting on a day where I know everything, I'll be waiting forever. It won't happen. There are going to be some hurts. We get prepared best by knowing that it may get worse, but that it ends well. We are called to put on the entire armor of God because we're going to have to fight some battles. That's why. Why would you need armor if you're not going to face anything? That doesn't make sense. And I had to get reminded of that this weekend. And it was a tough pill to swallow. But when you have an awareness of it, you are now in a different space. And you can fight a little bit different because you're aware that you have to fight at all. There are some battles in our mind. There are some battles with our habits. There are battles with people that we have in our circles around us that are going to challenge us. They're going to hurt us. And we're going to have to figure out how to roll through that to get to the other side. But our power is worth fighting for. Your power is worth fighting for. Your victory is worth fighting for. And you're guaranteed the victory. Remember, we have a savior that's guaranteed that. It's a done data. It's, It's there. So... You just have to stay in the race long enough to grab it. That's it. That's what you, that's all, that's all you need. The third key to running your race with endurance is knowing how to speak, knowing how to speak. When you're running your race, there are two paths you can take when it comes to your voice. You can speak or you don't. Now, if you choose to speak, you have to speak carefully and thoughtfully We've heard plenty of times like life and death is in the power of the tongue. And when we're against something, our words have the power to turn it around. We can call on God to move on our behalf. We can inspire others to join us in our fight. We can inspire ourselves, right? We can speak affirmations, declarations to ourselves. And we're like, okay, I can do this thing. I got it. I got it. And so that is how we use our voices in a powerful way way, in a way that brings glory, light, honor to where we are. Using our voices is a key that we don't think about too, 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 too often. Um, We just be speaking sometimes. And so I'm calling us to speak from a place that honors where we're at and that helps us get where we're trying to to go. And so we have to be thoughtful and careful because we all of us have patterns, okay, of how we speak. And sometimes it just comes out. And so we have to be aware of that. But let's be honest. We can feel intimidated. Sometimes we can be fearful and we can just be really just tired and we begin to complain. In these cases, we may choose not to speak. That might be what's best for us in a moment when we don't have it all together, our words aren't working in our favor. We may choose to just shut up. <laughs> and so I was reading in Luke 1 20 and let me say, so Elizabeth's husband, Elizabeth was pregnant and her husband was like, how? Like, I just don't see how this thing going to pan out, how she's going to have this baby. And so the angel that had came and told them like, y'all having a baby. They're like, yeah, since you don't believe we're going to make you mute because her husband was just not speaking life into the situation. He wasn't being positive. And if he would have kept on speaking, think about it. You're pregnant nine months. If you have nine months, are you saying some negative stuff? 
over and over and over. What does that do for your mental health? What does that do for Elizabeth and the people around them, their circle, their family, their camp? And what does that do with your relationship with God? It diminishes. And so with him going mute, him being quiet, being on stuck, what happened was it allowed space for him to hear from other people. And Elizabeth, she was full of faith. And then you have Mary, she was pregnant at the same time. She came over to the crib. She's speaking full of faith, thanking God, praising down, right? And so you are now having to hear other people, which is why your circle is important. Because when you can't speak, they should be able to speak life into you. That's key. And that's why choosing our folk is so important because they can impact where you are. And so with him being on mute, the nine months was over, the baby was born, and people were arguing about what the baby should be named. And so they're like, you know what? Let's ask the father. Now, mind you, he ain't been able to speak this whole time, and he didn't think the baby was going to come down. The angel had told him what the baby should be named. And so it's finally his time to speak. He is on the floor. And at this time, if he still was um, not in a place of faith, then he could have named the baby whatever he wanted to. But what came out of his mouth was the name that the angel gave him, which solidified that he believed he was now on board and here with what God was trying to tell him the whole time. And sometimes that happens to us where it's like, we got to be quiet for a second. It's like, I don't have nothing good to say, so I'm just not going to say nothing at all. And what happens is you are allowing yourself to not uproot things in your life. If our life is a garden, you uh, even building a garden is a long-term thing. It is a race within itself. You don't plant the seed and then things just sprout up. You're in it for the long haul. And so if I don't see something the day after I plant a seed and now I'm just mulling up the ground, messing everything up, I'll never see anything. So there are going to be some days when I just got to water this thing and not say nothing. Because I don't want to uproot. That's that's the other way that we go. And so I want to overstress the importance of power in silence. There's power in our silence sometimes. If you don't have the words, don't speak them. And allow other people to pour into you. Allow books to pour into you. Allow videos to pour into you. If you don't have the words yourself, allow the words to pour into you. That's why we have it. For those moments when we're like, yo, I... Should I have faith right now? I just don't. I should have the words and I don't. God respects that. and He knows it'll happen. It's happened to people before us and it'll happen to people after us. And so know where you are, know that it'll hurt. And in times when it hurts and you can speak faith, you can speak life, you can be careful and thoughtful with your words, use them. It will change your mindset and your whole situation. But the times when you don't, silence is golden. Keep that in mind. The last thing that I believe is a key to helping us run our race with endurance is to know how to recover. Recovery is important. When you're running your race, it's going to require your entire self, mind, body, soul, everything that you have is going to require that. And in order to run with endurance, you'll have to engage every piece of your body. And sometimes it's at the same time. Sometimes it's at different capacities, at different pieces of your journey. And so how you care for your body may vary from other people, and that's okay because it is your race. And how you endure that race, 100% is likely going to look different from other people. And so you have to be able to understand how you need to pull those different levers. And I think what I'm realizing is even different pieces 
of how I did soul care before, I that don't work now. Like I have to do different things and switch it up a little bit again because I have awareness on what race I'm running now. There are different pieces and paths and turns of our journey because um, it's a course. It's the course of your life. And so as you're running your course, you're going to have to activate some different things. If you're going up a hill, it's going to require a little bit more leg strength than if you're going downhill, right? And so recovery isn't optional. It is a part of the race. Recovery is not optional. I don't know why a lot of times we think that when we're doing something, it's like, oh, I'll get to me when I get to me. And we starve other people. We just keep showing up for the business that we're doing, our side hustle. We keep showing up to work. Some people do not be taking their time off. I think that's wild to me. Self-care, soul care is not optional. If you are going to reach your full potential, if you're going to impact the lives that you're called to impact, you have to impact you. You have to take care of you. It is not an optional thing. It could be apologizing quickly after a disagreement because when you hold on to things, you feel bad about yourself. And so your 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 recover game is that. It could be writing your thoughts down to process them in a healthy way because when they're in your head, it just starts to swarm and then you can't get things done because anxiety starts to cripple you. And so writing is your practice in this season for recovery. It could be booking a massage to remove any physical pain. Sometimes we hold stress in our bodies and we don't even realize it. And as we continue to show up for other people, as we continue to show up for what we're building our body continues to take a hit and a hit and a hit. Next thing you know, you just shut down one day and it's because we didn't take care of ourselves. And so that might be recovery for you in this season. Whatever it is, make notes that recovery is not optional. It is 100% required for you to get where you need to go, for you to do what you need to do, and to let go of the past. A lot of us can't let go of where we've been because we haven't recovered. We've dealt with the pain. We have figured out where we are. And it's hard for us to get to that next space because we're holding all of that with us. Erica Badu told us to pack lights. In order to do that, your recovery game has to go up. You have to understand what you need and what you don't need. And what you don't need, you prune that thing out. It's cut. If we are in a battle and we know it's going to hurt, some points we just have to get skilled with tending to our wounds. Don't allow your wounds to take you out the game. You tend to them so that you can continue on. Your race is yours. You are already called to it. You're already graced for it. All you need to endure will be made available to you. Think about it. If God can provide a ram and a bush child, if he can provide um, a slingshot and a rock to put down a giant, if he can part the seas, I reread Moses and the crew going through the Red Sea. And I was just like, in awe, like, yo, this really happened. That's so crazy. Like, you know, so if he can do that, think about what you need right now. And that's the, that was the pros part, right? To write out what you need. Think about what you need. It's going to be provided for you. Again, God don't just play with our lives. We're not Sims and he's just having fun, just clicking around, doing whatever. It's all purposeful. It's all intentional. And he actually 
cares. So if that's the real tea, all we have to do is show up. It will be provided for you. The race is set for you to win, for you to cross that finish line. And you you got that banner hitting your chest. You get that medal at the end. The paparazzi, the cameras are flashing. You have made it. That That's a given. It's there. Visualize that. Visualize yourself at the end of what you're going for. Visualize yourself sharing that news with other people of like, yo, I don't know how I was going to do this. And then it happened and it's done. Think about the past times when you've gone up against something and you're like, I don't know how this is going to happen. And yet God came through. He is the same. And so what you need to endure will appear. It will be provided for you. But you have to choose to run. You have to choose to run. If you don't show up for the race, how are you going to get a medal? That don't work. And so the power tool for this week is to drink some Gatorade. Drink some Gatorade. When I ran my 5K, there were water stations set up along the run. And I wasn't expecting that, okay? So when I run by myself in my neighborhood, ain't no water stations. I'm just I'm just running. And then I can't wait to get back to my apartment. So I am no longer parched. Like, that is what I'm looking for, right? And so um, I'm preparing for the race. I wasn't nervous. I was l- running late to the race, honey. So when I got there, I was just happy that I made it on time. And so I set up. I have my AirPods. I'm ready to go. And then I start to get a little nervous. Like, oh my gosh, I'm like really doing this. And so as we kicked off, I started running. I started to get in a groove. And I'm just thinking. I'm talking to myself. I'm paying to my body. I'm seeing if I can go faster. Points when I can't, I'm just trying to hold my speed, like that type of thing, right? And then I look up. Water station. Water station there. And I'm not used to that. It was something I was not used to. And yet, I made my way, picked up a little water, honey, and I drank a little bit. It was hard to drink while I was running, so then I'm just splashing it on me, which it was hot, so that was helpful. But it was provided for me. There were um, pieces of people that were on the crew that were there and they were on bikes and they had medics out there to watch people and see if anybody needed medical attention. If anybody was like, it was too much sun and they were overheated. There was just so many things that were available to us. And then after the race, there was food and there was Gatorade and you were able to replenish quickly. Our recover game was aided because that race hurt. Okay. And so I, I want us to indulge in those things. Sometimes, especially as Black women, we pride ourselves on doing it all by ourselves. And as we are running our race, there's water provided for us and we don't want to drink it because if we drink it, then we feel like some of the credit goes to this other person that helped us on our journey or we're not as strong because somebody else helped us out or... We're not as strong as we thought we were because, you know what I mean? We didn't do it as fast or as quick or what have you. It's all false. Drink the Gatorade. If something is made available to you to help you on your journey, indulge in it. Don't let it pass you by. It's all provided. And a lot of times we're praying for something. And then when it arrives, we cast it out because we take too much pride in doing it all alone. If we're going to run our race with endurance, if we're going to be who we're called to be, if we're going to show up for other people the way that they need us in our unique way, we are going to need 
help and there is no shame, there is no harm in receiving help, especially when it is divine. If it's divinely provided, you better divinely take it, okay? And so be sure that you drink the Gatorade and ask for Gatorade this week. What, what's God, how are you going to provide for me this week? I'm running. What's up? Where the water station's at? Let me know. And when I get there, give me the courage to remove my pride. It takes courage to not stand in pride, y'all. And so ask for that. God, I need the courage to not be prideful this week and to accept the help, to ask for help, to tell somebody what on my journey has me kind of tripped up and see if they can give me some advice, if they've done this before. That way, I don't, that self-made stuff, you can be you made an image guy. So just let God help you out with your image. Like, you know what I mean? That whole self-made thing be tripping us up a lot of times and when we want to realize it, but that's true. Hope this helped y'all. Okay. Again, we are halfway through the year, but there is so much left that we can do. As you're going about your week, be sure that you kick it with the cool kids at Power and Pros. You can follow us on Instagram at Power and Pros Podcast. And you can also sign up for our Pros and Praise pages newsletter where I share a mini devotional, some tidbits about the week. And then of course, if there are any helpful tools and assets that I can share with you guys, I'll drop links in there as well. So be sure that you sign up. And next week we'll be having our monthly prayer calls. So they are back. We took a time off with June, but we're back at it. And so next week we will be waking up at 7 a.m. Eastern and praying together. There will be a Zoom link shared via the newsletter. And so if you haven't signed up for that and you want to be a part, be sure that you sign up. And then we also have it in our bio on Instagram. So you can get the tea there. Or if you want to share it with a friend, that's the easy way to do it without them having to sign up, even though we would love them to. And it's really just a time to bear it all. You come with like-minded believers and we just have a moment of transparency. And then we typically do a Bible plan together as well. And so starting next week on the 18th. If you want to get into that, be sure that you plug in. I love you guys. As always, remember to profess your power and there's power in pros. Bye.